How is it possible that it's already August? We hope you are enjoying your summer. Back by popular demand is our AirPods Pro giveaway. Members who successfully answer our bonus content quiz will be entered for a chance to win a pair of AirPods Pro. To participate, you must have access to the bonus sections of the podcasts, which you get by becoming a member. Members also receive an ad-free listening experience, an evening newsletter, an invitation to join the DSR Slack community, and more. Best of all, if you become a member in the month of August, you'll receive 50% off the normal membership price. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code BONUSCONTENT, one word, at checkout. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code Bonus content. Thank you for your support. Nine, twelve, ten, twenty-eight, two, twenty-three. This is Deep State Radio, coming to you direct from our super secret studio in the third sub basement of the Ministry of SNARK in Washington, D.C., and from other undisclosed locations across America and around the world. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, David Rothkopf, coming to you from Washington, D.C. We're recording this on the day of the Trump arraignment. We want to talk about that and the implications uh, of the recent indictment and the reactions to the recent indictment. And we've got two excellent uh, guests uh, and friends to discuss it with. One, E.J. Dion of the Washington Post. How are you doing today, E.J.? Great to be back with you, David. Thank you very well. Very, very glad to have you here. And our uh, old friend, Harry Littman, who has been, uh, you know, uh, lighting up your television sets for the past week almost nonstop, uh, columnist for the L.A. Times on legal issues, uh, uh, former Deputy Assistant Attorney General, uh, and uh, overall one of America's leading legal experts. How are you doing, Harry? Very well. Thanks. Great to be here, especially with EJ. Um, well, you're a great one-two punch. Um, I, I, I think what I'd like to start with is uh, to get your reaction, not just to the indictment, which we've all uh, discussed and thought about a lot in the past couple of days, but the reactions to the indictment, how Trump lawyers have handled it, um, uh, how the political community has handled it. What what are you taking away uh, from all that that may be relevant going forward? And let me start with you, Harry. Well, I mean, we are hearing some pretty pungent criticisms. It feels like they were pre-written um, sound bites. The thing that really strikes me about it is some people uh, – openly say, well, I haven't read the indictment yet, and others certainly seem not to have, because the claims they're making that this is somehow about, you know, political speech and just his acting presidential and maybe being, you know, a little aggressive, are really diametrically opposed to the facts laid out in the indictment. Maybe you can say, well, good luck proving those facts, although I don't think he'll need a lot of luck. He's got a lot of evidence. But it's just they're talking about an indictment that wasn't presented and the the very opposite of what was presented, which was 
uh, something that steered away from political speech and went to conspiracies, different agreements to do things that are plainly unlawful and that, according to the indictment, uh, Trump knew were unlawful. So it just strikes me that the themes they're sounding uh, are from another um, indictment, and maybe cynically they know that, or maybe they really haven't even read it and are just supplied with talking points. I'm talking about the, the, the both the sort of Trump lawyers and uh, Republicans in Congress who are making this out to be some, somehow a um, criminalization of political speech. Um, yeah, well, thanks for that. You know, EJ, you know, listening to Harry, it strikes me maybe we're making the same old mistake again. Maybe we're thinking that the facts matter. Maybe we're thinking that the outcome of the trial matters. And and maybe they're thinking, well, if we can, through our channels, send the message that this is unfair and political, doesn't matter what the facts are. Uh, and indeed, listening to some of the framing of this thing, uh, like uh, Lindsey Graham uh, or uh, Ron DeSantis, saying, well, it's impossible to get a fair trial in Washington. Even uh, the former president uh, 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 sent out a message to this effect. Uh, and that means that whatever the outcome is, it's an unfair outcome. And that, you know, this kind of framing works for the Republican base. Um, and even if Trump is found guilty, they'll say it was political and it was unfair and it won't have the effect that we think it might. What do you think, EJ? Well, I, I agree with people who are saying that, in a way, you've got two trials here. One is the actual trial on the facts and the law, and the other is a political trial, which is what effect does all this have on Trump's standing? And the two could well end up at odds. On this, what on what Harry said, I couldn't agree more. I, I'm really struck by people who say, I haven't read the indictment and it's outrageous and political. And, and it's, I, I don't know how they can say that. Actually, I do know how they can say that, but there's something wrong with it. I also just want to share what I thought was a great line from Jamie Raskin, Congressman Raskin, to my colleague um, Ruth Marcus about this issue of speech. Uh, Jamie said, he's my congressman, so I can call him Jamie, um, if you honestly and sincerely believe that the U.S. currency system is unlawful, then you have a right to go around and tell everybody they have a right to print their own money. But the moment you start printing your own money and putting it into traffic, you are engaged in counterfeiting. Um, and I think that's a pretty good metaphor, because when you're reading through this indictment, yes, they make it quite clear that it was really, 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 really hard to believe that Trump believed the stuff he was saying, given all the people uh, who told him otherwise. But even if he did believe it, the crimes they're charging have to do with trying to overturn an election um, illegitimately. And there, there's a whole series of crimes they charge um, that are, are obvious. I think that we are at the point where unless a substantial group of Republicans, leaders, finally find the guts to get together and say, look, we can't go with this anymore. It's time for the party to walk away and they can dress it up any way they like you. We thought Trump was a good president, blah, blah, blah. But we have to break with him. The problem is Republicans are stuck in this vicious cycle where uh, the ones who know better 
don't want to say anything because they're afraid they'll lose a primary. So they say nothing. So Trump keeps getting stronger. So they get more fearful and continue to say nothing. And we go down this terrible, um, you know, this terrible road where Trump seems uh, immune and he will stay. Trump seems to have immunity within the Republican Party. And he'll maintain that until a whole bunch of Republicans are willing to say enough. And they don't seem ready yet. I'm struck by the silence out of the U.S. Senate. They clearly don't want to support him, but they're not willing yet, with Lisa Murkowski, a couple of exceptions, uh, to criticize him. And I think we're going to be stuck here as long as Republicans stay silent. Harry, as we look at this right now, um, uh, those Republicans are going to have new things to chew on every week or so, right? I mean, next week or the week after, you're going to have a Georgia um, uh, indictment in all likelihood. Uh, but let's say there are no more beyond that. You're then going to have uh, uh, a trial around this most recent indictment, a trial around the Mar-a-Lago indictment, a trial around the New York indictment, a trial around the Georgia indictment. Uh, ancillary and not unimportant trials in Michigan around fake electors um, uh, and uh, uh, civil suit in New York um, uh, regarding uh, second E. Jean Carroll civil suit and a tax-related civil suit in New York. Um, you know, it, it's kind of mind-boggling, but it's, you know, there, there's seven or eight cases that are going to be moving. And in this particular one, you know, we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg. You could have all six of these unindicted co-conspirators in cases of their own, and all of them are going to be producing revelations um, throughout the period of the next year, the next year and a half. Um, that has a political consequence that I'd like to ask EJ about. But does it have a legal consequence? Does having all of this sort of interrelated uh legal process and all of these interrelated findings have consequence in terms of uh, the the likely outcomes? Okay. So, I mean, look, as, as EJ kind of spells out, we're, we're in this bizarre split screen, but there, and where there is a kind of a um, interplay between the politics and the law and, it's, you know, if um, the, Trump can somehow pull it off, where and maybe even any Republican does, we're, we're utterly lost. And, and my sort of mindset has become more and more to just, you know, zero in on the, uh, the legal, um, you know, merits themselves. Now, um, you, the technical answer to your question, David, I think is no, in the sense that they are separate um trials although um you, your point will have a this this is an on a legal onslaught i don't think we've ever seen and i'm including you know john gotti and and carlos noria i mean this is an unbelievable crime spree that's now being tried and you know with it, it it's um perverse that with each new uh, indictment, uh, he it, it seems to be almost a kind of campaign plank for him because it, it plays into this theme, this kind of dark messianic theme of I'm doing this all for you. 
But you're surely right, or we we certainly have to hope because there's a notion that that the seventy uh, percent of Republicans or whatever are impervious. But we're going to have week in, week out. Mike Pence takes the stand and says, "What?" Mark Meadows explains, "Excuse me, the you know what did he do exactly in Georgia?" Those will be the the headlines, and you know I I do think there's some sense in which the Republicans who stay with him understand that there's merit to the charges. And I'm not a, you know, a, either a media or political expert, but there's going to be a vividness and a concreteness to the, the, not the drip, 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 the gush, gush, gush of revelation, starting, by the way, it's very good that you included the E. Jean Carroll case in January, which is going to be killer for him with a very tough judge. And, you know, it, is it, is it truly we're in this up is down world where everything only helps? You know, if so, we are 100% lost. But you have to imagine that there's a real cohort of people that that begins to sink into. There are so many different kinds of crimes and sins and and the like. For my part, I, you know, I, I want to think of it in legal terms. And because if the other, it's the lady and the tiger or whatever, there are two boxes in this one box, we are lost. But um, it's it's hard to imagine when when it, we concretely are seeing facts and evidence come out that the entire electorate, re- Republicans and Democrats, will be just indifferent. Yeah, well, that's you know uh, I think a good point. And EJ, you know I, I keep watching people on TV and they're like, oh, this is going to strengthen Trump. I I know this is this I, this is this is this is good for him. And I'm like, really? Is that really? Does that ever happen before? And and then the the, the other thing is that they're like, well, I, I see this is how this is playing out. But what I just described to Harry and what Harry just described back, we've never seen anything like this before. We this is a tsunami of an avalanche of a mudslide. I mean, it's <laughs> there is so much stuff coming. Um, that is going to be hitting us every day, and it's these things. And the reason I asked about the legal is, you know, there's some guy in Michigan is going to say something like, "Oh yeah, I got a call from Rudy Giuliani," and everybody's going to go, "Holy shit, I didn't know we got a call from Rudy Giuliani." And then there's going to be, you know, people scrambling around that. And we saw the interplay between whatever DOJ was doing and the January sixth committee, which led then. Uh, perhaps, and influenced in some way, DOJ to handle things in a slightly different way. And so, I, you know, it just seems to me that anybody who tells you what's going to happen next year doesn't know. Uh, what do you, so let me turn to you. What's going to, no, what's going to happen? Do you know? Uh, well, first of all, I totally identify ever since the evening of uh, Election Day 2016 that we're always better off to say, I don't know, to almost every question, given what <laughs> happened, given how surprising that was. I just want to point out, Donald Trump is always trying to make money on stuff. I think he's got the makings of a new TV show. He could call it Witch Hunt, The Trials of Donald Trump. Because when you look, as you say, at the schedule of all these trials, there's more than enough to fill a season or two, which is really astounding. Um, And I think that probably the best way to look at the politics is not just to look at the Republican primary, but to look at the Republican primary and the election in tandem. And there are Republican professionals, pollsters and the like, who are genuinely afraid 
that the trials and the indictments might help Trump with some of the Republican base uh, and make them more inclined to vote for him to defend him. Um, and look, I come from Massachusetts where James Michael Curley got elected from a jail cell. So it's not unknown that people rallied as somebody they think is on their side. But these Republicans are worried about the effect on the pool of swing voters. And obviously there aren't as many as there used to be um, because of the polarization, but there's still 10% of the electorate, maybe more, um, who really aren't 100% sure whom they're going to vote for. Maybe there are people who don't really like President Biden, but don't really like Donald Trump. And I think this drip, drip, drip is going to affect those voters and that that could end up bouncing back into the Republican primary. Uh, the most recent you know, Times-Siena poll showed Trump and Biden tied. Um, if Trump can maintain that position, he can go to Republican primary voters and say, I can win this election. If the effect of everything you just described, David and Harry described, um, is to turn off those middle ground voters and say, we can't live with through this again, um, and Trump starts dropping uh, in those pre-election polls, then I think there'll be some Republican primary voters saying, gee, I love the guy, but we got to win this election. So I think it'll be a bank shot effect. How it affects the middle could come to have an effect on the Republican primary. The problem there is Trump is going to do everything in his power to delay all these trials, which is something Harry could speak to more than I can. And while the judge in D.C. certainly does not seem inclined to give in to all of that, um, the, uh, it, the you know, it's late in the day and uh, he could postpone the trials at least past some of the early primaries, I would think. I'm curious what Harry's view is on this postponement issue. Well, before I get to my question, Harry, you want to address that? Um, sure. So um, there's no doubt, of course, that's his uh, his overwhelming strategy, uh, and really, there's no there's no path toward legal victory. There's only a path toward legal nullification. Um, and however, I my take on the latest indictment, I, I've, the way I put it, is the most important. Um, part of it is the caption that it's USA versus Donald Trump and no one else. And that really shows, I think, Smith's resolve to try this quickly. Um, and I think he can try it quickly. And I would, with the possible exception of, of Alvin Bragg, uh, the case in, in, in Manhattan, I think it, he will be first out of the box. But um, the political calendar, as I understand it, even if things go quite well, it'll by the time the first trial, even even done with dispatch, occurs, Trump probably has the nomination sewed up. So that kind of appeal that EJ is talking about, I think, um, changes because it's now, you know, it's now if you're a uh, true blue or true red Republican, it's not now you're stuck with them and either he wins or or Biden wins. And that, I think, makes it you know, much harder to peel away uh, support from the from the Republican faithful. But very briefly, um, I think that the um, the Fonnie Willis indictment, which will come in a couple weeks, might not be tried 
you know, this decade, there's just a lot of complications there. Alvin Bragg will be soon, but people will largely ignore it. It's touch and go, even if there were a good uh, and tough judge, uh, whether the Mar-a-Lago case could take place before November. But this latest, USA v. Donald Trump and only Donald Trump, I think real with uh, Judge Chutkin and the D.C. Circuit and the allegations as they are and the prospective defenses, I think is teed up to actually go to trial. April, May, we'll see the schedule uh, I don't think she'll do it today after the arraignment, which is, uh, as David's saying, in an hour and a half. But um, it'll it'll happen soon, and I think it, that's the one that he'll have the most trouble delaying. So I, I see a real possibility, uh, which didn't seem the case a week ago, that there'll be a trial that goes to a verdict, and the American people will be able to really see. And it's it's on very very serious charges. Seems to me that it may, ha- however, not have any impact on the Republican nomination. Let me let me ask you one quick follow-up question there, Harry, that cross, crosses my mind. Um, I follow these things very closely on, 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 on the, all the media, as you do. They're really 10 or 15 first-tier legal commentators. There are all these trials. They're going to go on for another year and a half or two years or more. Like, do you have a workout regime? Like, what are you eating? Because you're going <laughs> to... This could kill you. I mean, it's uh, it's, it's just not going to stop. Um, he thrives on all the love we give him. We all have our own they, law yeah. firm out there that we watch regularly. You know? California living. Swim every day. It's all good. It's all good. Although I'll tell you, I'm pretty beat right now because I was in, I was in New York the last uh, the last three days and sort of knocking around everywhere. But, you know, uh, much, much, much more serious things to worry about than the stamina of the, all you know, ridiculously lucky and, and capriciously chosen uh, cadre of legal commentators that, uh, that I'm sure everyone's getting plenty sick of. <laughs> I don't think so. I think you all are doing a great job. Uh, I, it's not that I don't have sympathy for you, EJ. I mean, I know that... You, like I, have been thinking for a long time, well, we're almost done with Trump and, you know, we can move back to normal. Uh, that doesn't seem to be happening, though. I, I'm, uh, I, your, your 2016 admonition seems to be right, um, which is to say, hard to predict anything right now. Um, uh, as, as you look ahead, um, given all of this, are we overstating the impact that these trials might have? Uh, if they're going to go on, they're going to drag on. People are going to get inured to them. They're going to be hearing this. They're going to be seeing Harry every day. You know, I mean, at a certain point, do people go back to worrying about the economy or worrying about, you know, the other things that typically drive an election and, the, and, and that we may be actually overstating the impact of these legal cases? Well, I think Harry and Andrew Weissman are going to win some primary on write-ins before uh, this is over. But, I, you know, I, I think the answer to that is maybe yes, because the we have almost routinized now the indictment of a former president of the United States. I used to say in 2016 that Trump was the first candidate in history who fended off one scandal with a new scandal. 
Um, and I always thought Hillary suffered because there was a very narrow, consistent focus on a few things. The server Benghazi, the server Benghazi, it was the same negative message over and over again with Trump. The array of things he's accused of is so broad that people kind of get tired of the whole thing. They become inclined to dismiss it. One piece doesn't sort of click the way the other. I think what's important about this indictment um, is that I think more than any of the others, if you just read the 45 pages, which everybody should, everybody's saying that, it actually is interesting, clear um, prose that explains what went on. Um, I think people will understand in their gut, a lot of people will, that this is different. This is really, you can't dismiss this. So I, I put that on the one side, but I do think the routinization of, um, you know, charges against Trump, true charges against Trump, uh, may have the effect of diminishing their impact on a significant part of the electorate. They enrage the part of the electorate that's already anti-Trump and reinvigorates them. And maybe that will have a turnout effect on the election, because I think one of the things that needs to concern Democrats against Trump um, is, will their core voters turn out again the way they did um, in 2020, particularly younger voters. And perhaps one effect of these charges is just to remind people yet again, no, you really, really can't allow this guy to be back in the White House. So that is the one political effect here that could really hurt Trump. Yeah. You talk about the routinization. I mean, I just, just to pick one item, you know, a judge said, Oh yeah, this is the same as as saying that he's a rapist about the former president, and everybody's like, yeah, okay, so he's running, you know, he's still he's still in this, but he's a rapist, you know. I mean, it's like in in any other time that would have been impossible. Uh, I want to talk about where we're going, and we're going to talk about where we're going, but unfortunately, the people who are going to hear it are our members. Uh, not all of you who are not yet members, but you can become members easily. Just go to the DSR Network. Dot com. You click on membership, uh, $5 a month. You're a member. You get to hear all of each of these podcasts. We're doing nine or 10 of a week. A week. Um, and this is a lot of bonus content. So definitely worth it. Go there if you're not a member. If you are a member, stand by. We're going to keep going here. 